Well, again, welcome to uh, Broomfield Assembly for our Easter service. I'm excited about sharing what God has laid on my heart to you, with you this morning. And, and here's the thing. The title of the message is really simple, and you're going to get tired of hearing it. So just smile and, and, and nod at me because I promise you I want to hit this in. I want to uh, really get us to understand it. But here's the thing. The title of the message this morning is Resurrection Changes Everything If You Believe. If you believe. I want to start with something pretty simple, something maybe a lot of us know, but something that we need to look at again this morning. I want to look at the story of Easter. Now, the story of Easter is, is, is a story that is very obviously important to our faith and who we are as Christians. But again, it's, it's important that we look at it. So we're going to kind of look at the end of the Easter story, starting in Matthew or Matthew. Luke 24. We're going to be in Luke 24, starting with verse number 1 and going on with verse number 5. And so this is what it says. But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, and I love this question, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? For lots of reasons, basically, Jesus wasn't really taking care of the body, wasn't taking care of like they probably would have liked to have done so because of some, some Jewish festivals and things. And, and so those women are headed down to the tomb and they want to kind of get this body a little bit more prepared and put some spices on it and things like that. And so they get there and as they walk in, Jesus isn't there. And instead, instead, there are these, these individuals, these two men are standing there and they ask a question. Basically, let's kind of put it in our terms today. Basically, they say, why are you looking for somebody alive in a cemetery? It's a simple question. And to them, it's like, well, what do you mean? We went to find a dead body. And they're going, no, 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 you're in the wrong place. And they ask a very interesting question. Why are you here looking for something dead that's alive? Let's continue. Luke 24, now this verse 6 and 7, continue on with the story. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. You see, here's the thing, and I'm going to pound it into us. Resurrection changes everything if you believe here's the thing if we look at this if we understand this story really the story of easter is the story of resurrection and new life that's what it's about that's what we're celebrating resurrection and new life let's pray father as i come to you this morning god i pray that you would just speak through me father that you would just have my words cease and that yours would begin as we learn and celebrate all that you have done, your resurrection, your new life, the hope that it brings. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So here's the situation. We've seen resurrection. We've seen new life. Let's go on to Luke 24, starting with verse number 10 and 11. This is what it says. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanne the, and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. Okay, but here it is in verse 11. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, 
and they did not believe them. So they've had this amazing experience. These angels have said, hey, listen, Jesus isn't here. He's risen. He did exactly what he said he was going to do. And these women are just going bonkers. This is the greatest thing ever. This is literally the good news. This is the greatest news that has ever been expressed to anyone at any time. So they run to the, the, the disciples. They run to the apostles. And they go, listen, Jesus has risen. He's not there. He's alive. And these guys who have walked with Jesus for three years, these guys that are, are going to eventually do some amazing things for Jesus, they look at these women and they go, yeah, right. And they don't believe. I don't know if you've ever had these, these moments where you feel kind of like, kind of, I don't know if the right word is just kind of shame or you just kind of feel bad because you have these moments where you may not believe as much as you ought to in this great amazing moment in quote unquote the kind of the first Easter these guys Peter James John Matthew all of them they basically say I don't believe you I don't believe you once again we have to understand resurrection changes everything if you believe so they just think it's idle tales they think it can't be true. There's no way. Now we're going to jump into John. In John 20, what we see is a parallel account, but from John's perspective. So it's the same time, it's the same situation, but we're going to look and see kind of how John says it. So we're going to be in John 20. After they've been told, in John 20, starting with verse 3 and 7, this is what it says. So Peter went out with the other disciple. That other disciple is John. And they were going towards the tomb. And I love this. Both of them were running together. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. Just so you know, on this day of all days, John wanted to make sure you all knew he was faster than Peter. Okay? I plan on enjoying that in heaven someday, you know. It's like Peter is outrun by John, okay? He wanted to make sure you knew that, so he does that. So here we go, and starting with verse 5. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him, and he went into the tomb. He saw the linen clothes lying there, and the face, face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Listen, this is a very interesting, very important portion of Scripture that John helps us to see here. And a lot of us go through it and we read through it because and, and, we're trying to get on to the other part. But this is interesting here. John actually is giving us this eyewitness account of what Jesus' tomb looks like. And when they took the body down from the cross, they wrapped it up and they put it in the tomb. And there was a separate kind of a head covering that they would put over. And when they come in, they don't find all these clothes ripped up or torn apart or whatever. They basically see them folded up and placed there where they had laid the, bo laid the body. The head cloth was in a different place. Why is this important? Simple. Okay? Grave robbers never would unwrap a body. Ever. Especially after only three days. Okay? After three days, remember what happened with Lazarus? Remember? He stinketh. They're not going to unwrap the body. And even if they would, they're not going to take the time to neatly place it there on the, the tomb. Or on the, the area where Jesus was laid. 
So this is, this is an interesting thing that John kind of gets us to see here. He's like, hey, do you see this? Are you getting this? Plus, there's a big rock in front of it. Plus, there's guards. There's a whole bunch of stuff here that's leading us to believe and understand. This is not just some event. This is a supernatural resurrection that God has done. And it's amazing. Let's continue on. John 20, verse number 8. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first... That's John. Again, he's faster than Peter. Also went in, and he saw and believed. There's that word again. There's that word again. Resurrection changes everything if you believe. This morning, what I want to give you is some encouragement and some hope. I want to give you three things that this resurrection provides you and me. It provides every single one of us these things if we believe, if we believe. Number one, the first thing, resurrection provides hope for yesterday. Resurrection provides hope for yesterday. Let's look at this verse in Lamentations 3. In Lamentations 3, Jeremiah the prophet is writing these words, and this is what he says, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. You know what I found? Man, we all have some yesterdays. Memory is such an interesting thing. I don't, I don't know when you have your first memory. I don't know uh, what age you are, but it's interesting to me. It's like, how do we choose, and do we even choose, what we truly remember? There are certain things that, like, there is burned into my head, and I can't get them out. And, and, and even no matter how old I'm getting, it just, it's just there. And you know what I found when it comes to our yesterdays? Unfortunately, we have a tendency to remember the gall and the bitterness and the hurts and the disappointments a lot more than some of the other things. But you see, resurrection provides hope for those things. Resurrection can bring new life into those things. Resurrection can bring healing into those things. Resurrection can take things that were dead and dormant inside of you from your yesterday and bring it alive again. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, 17. This is what it says. It says, and if Christ has not been raised... Your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Why did I choose this verse? Because I wanted you to see one thing, and then we're going to flip it. You see, in this verse, what Paul is saying is, listen, if there is no hope, if there is no resurrection, you got nothing. You're futile. Your faith is futile. Your yesterdays and everything else is what it is and can never be changed. But see, we know and we believe that this statement is the statement that basically says if it didn't, but we know it did. We believe that there is a resurrection and it happened because you need to understand this. It's in your notes. In Christ, you are no longer condemned by your sin. No matter what your yesterday was, there is hope for it. There is new life in it. There's awesome things that God wants to do in you and through you because of what he has done. Number two, resurrection provides hope for today. Resurrection provides hope for today. Let's look at John 20. In John 20, he's kind of wrapping up his, his, his book. He's kind of wrapping up the story. And in John 20, verses 30 through 31, this is what it says. 
the disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. I can't wait to spend some time with John and go, okay, dude, what did you leave out? What didn't, you know, you, you get, you'll go buy a movie or something on, 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 on disc. I know we don't do that anymore. But, but, you know, you usually do that and there's like deleted scenes, you know, that they didn't put in. And have you ever watched those things and you're like, dude, like, why? That was the best scene ever, and you cut it out. I, I wonder what John didn't share with us. I know he didn't share what God had for him not to share, but still, I'm interested to hear. But this is what it says. He says, but these are written. He's kind of giving us now an idea of why he wrote the whole book. But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. That word life, we're going to get to in just a moment. But man, this is big. You see, we tend to have sometimes this thought that, you know, yeah, yeah, Jesus can do something about, about my yesterday, and that's great. But there's something interesting and something important that no, you need to understand. And that is that Jesus wants to do something in your heart today, right now, in this moment. It's not in the future. It's not by and by, glory, glory, hallelujah. It's right now that Jesus wants to do. And here's the thing. We read that word life, and we go, oh, yeah, yeah, Jesus wants to give us life. Yeah, let me explain to you in the Greek what that means. And this is in your notes. The word life here means the condition of living, especially, now this especially is important, health, happiness, exuberance, Energy and vitality. Can I ask you a simple question? If I asked you this question, does your life right now match with those words? What could you say? Because here's the thing. Here's the truth. Jesus came and died and rose again to give you this type of life. And if you're not experiencing it, you can. You say, but Aaron, it's so hard. Yep, still can experience life. But, but, but my life sometimes is difficult. Yep, but this is the life that Jesus came and gave us. This is the life that he died and, and rose again for. Look at John 10.10. 10. We've heard this verse a, a lot, but it's important that we catch it. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. On this Easter Sunday, on this Resurrection Sunday, is your life that because that's what Jesus came to give you that's what we have yeah and we're going to talk about it in a minute heaven's going to be awesome all the things that are going to take place later on are great but we can experience eternity today and that's what Jesus has for us number three resurrection provides hope for tomorrow hope for tomorrow look at second Corinthians 4 14 this is what it says we know that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. Really quickly, I want to break down this verse because there's two things that we need to understand about, about, about our tomorrow. And these are in your notes, so you have them. Number one, Jesus was given a perfect glorified body. And because of the resurrection, we will have glorified bodies as well. Oh, that's going to be awesome. That's going to be amazing. 
We have just little bits of clues here and there about Jesus' glorified body and what we're going to have. And I won't spend the time on them, but, but it's going to be amazing. And number two, we will be brought into God's presence. That's the best thing. You see, here, you've got to understand this. You weren't created for this rock. You were created for God's presence. You were created to walk with him in the cool of the day. Remember, God made Adam and Eve. He said it was very, very good, and he didn't stick them in heaven. He stuck them in a garden. There was communion there. There was closeness there. Being in God's presence. Listen, hear me here. Heaven is not a place. Heaven is an understanding because we are with God. That's what makes it heaven. What makes the new heaven and the new earth so amazing is not all the stuff it's going to be. It's that God will dwell among his people and they will be his God. They, we will be his God and we will be his people. It's such an amazing thing. But you've got to understand, once again, resurrection changes everything if you believe. If you believe. To kind of finish this out this morning, I want to give us some application. I want to give us some understanding here because I, I, I don't want to miss this moment to kind of say, okay, listen, okay, we believe or we need to believe. Now what? You know, sometimes we, we kind of, as pastors, you know, me kind of guy, we, we fail in that. We say, hey, this is awesome. Okay, yes, I believe. And then we just say, okay, we'll see you next week. There's more because here's what I know and here's what I believe. Belief demands action. Belief demands action. I want to show you a verse in 1 Peter 2. And, and I use the message version. I don't usually use the message version, but I felt like this was a really good paraphrase of it. And I liked the wording of it to kind of help us look at this. But let's look at 1 Peter 2. In 1 Peter 2, 21, this is what it says. This is the kind of life, there it is again. This is the kind of life you've been invited into. The kind of life that Christ lived. He suffered everything that came his way so that you would know that it could be done and also know how to do it step by step. You see, here's the thing this morning. Here's the thing. I want to invite you into a brand new life. I want to invite you into that, that life that, that God has for you. I want to invite you into walking with Jesus step by step. And I want to help us understand some of those steps this morning. So let me ask, the question is quite simple. What steps will bring new life? What step will bring new life? I brought something this morning. I went into my, my son's room last night, and um, I, I, I borrowed this. He doesn't know I have this. Please don't tell him. Okay, I don't want him to get mad at me. But uh, when I was a kid, I didn't much play with Legos. My brother played a lot with Legos. I wasn't a big Lego guy, but my son loves himself some Legos. And he's got about 350,000 of them, um, and, and seems like he's getting more and more every day. And I, I went and found this Lego, and you know what I've learned about Legos? Uh, whether it's, it's where he gets Legos. Uh, I have never seen a Lego set with one Lego in it. He always gets a bunch of Legos. It's never one Lego. Why? Well, simple. This isn't fun to play with. You can't do much with one Lego. I mean, you could go, look, a brick. 
I got nothing. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a raft. It's a water thing. It's, it's, I got nothing. Legos aren't fun by themselves. Legos aren't really accomplishing the thing that they were created to do by themselves. You see, Legos matter when you begin to connect them. When you begin to put them together. You see, I watched a, because I'm, I'm weird, I watched a documentary on Legos. And you know, they spent like 30 minutes talking about the Lego system. You know what the Lego system is? These dots and these holes. They're the things that make Legos come together. Listen, understand this. What steps will bring new life? It's real simple. Connection. Connection will bring new life. The first, new life is found first with connection with God. First with connection with God. Look at Romans 10.9. In Romans 10.9, this is what it says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Listen, it's got to be the first step. The first step is getting connected with your creator, understanding that he has a plan for you and he has a purpose for you, that he loves you, that you are worth it. We've got to get connected with him. We've got to get connected with him. These are not on your notes, but they'll be on the screen. I want to give you some steps. I want to give you some steps in how to connect with God. Go ahead and throw those up there, Monica, on the screen. Here's some steps, okay? Number one, make Jesus Christ your Savior. Confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart that he's Lord. Re rededicate your life to God. Basically, maybe you, you've accepted him before, but you kind of kind of decided, you know, I'd like to kind of do my own thing for a while. You can rededicate yourself to him and rededicate yourself to his plan and his purpose. Number three, you got to spend time with him. You want to connect with God? You got to spend time in prayer. You got to spend time in worship. You got to spend time in Bible reading. You got to spend time with him. And number three, get water baptized. Or four, water baptized. Hey, listen, we're going to get a, we're going to have a water baptism later this month. If you want to get water baptized, come see me. Okay? Now listen, we don't believe that you're saved because of baptism. We believe that water baptism is an inward expression of an, uh, of an, out, or an outward expression, excuse me, of an inward work. But you know what? It's a, it's a milestone. It's important. It's a great, awesome thing to experience it. And it's just another thing that we can do to connect with our Father. We first got to connect with God. And number two, new life is found with connection to others to others. Look, I know that in our world today, this is more difficult than it has ever been. But here's what's beautiful about the steps I'm going to give you in just a moment. You can do them all, and you don't necessarily have to be in the same room. Now, I believe it's good to be in the same room, but you are not exempt just because of what's going on in this world. I do believe that the enemy is desperately trying to separate us and desperately trying to remove the connection that the people of the church have with each other. And we cannot allow it to succeed. Look at Philippians 2, verses 1 through 4. This is what it says. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? 
then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others, too. Take an interest in others, too. Let me give you some steps. Again, on the screen, they won't be in your notes. Number one, serve others. Serve others. Number two, invest time in others. We, we want to have these close relationships, but we don't spend any time together. We don't invest in each other's lives enough. And that needs to change. And you go, well, how? there's hundreds of ways to do this. I'm not going to tell you how to do it. I'm going to let God's spirit speak to you. I'm just going to say these are important and we need to do it. Number three, encourage each other. Encourage each other. Be there for each other. And the final one, just love others. What's love? Patience, kindness, gentleness, all, those, all the fruit of the spirit, all those things that, that show themselves in love and show themselves in community with each other. You see, it's, it's not enough just to say, you know what, I, I want to connect. There has to be action, whether it's with God or with others. I'm going to invite the worship team to come on up. We're going to close. But I want to talk to you. This is such an important day. And again, this idea that resurrection is just, you know, the hope that comes from this understanding. You see, here's the interesting thing. There's a lot of people in our world today, today, that are kind of sitting there and they know what today is. Like I was driving to church this morning and... and um, I don't know if you do this. I, I, I come here, obviously, a little bit earlier, and so there's not a lot of cars on the road, you know? And I always kind of think, I wonder if there'll be more cars. It's Easter, you know? And I know there's a lot going on. I know there's people that would love to be with us that, that either distance or their situation they find themselves in health-wise, they can't be here. And, and I understand all that. I get it. But I was kind of coming and I was, I was driving and I, I kind of even went through our neighborhood and I saw kids and, and parents and it looked like they were having an Easter egg hunt. That's great and awesome and fun. But I kind of wondered, do they really know what this is about? Do they really understand the hope that this day can bring? Because I look in our world and I see a world that's hopeless. I see a world that's just constantly looking and trying to find something that will take care of their yesterdays, their todays, and their tomorrows. They're just, they're just looking and they're going, and they're, they're looking at over here and they're looking at over there. And, and, and it's like, do you understand what today is and what it can bring? You see, resurrection changes everything if you believe. And when you believe, the steps that you can begin to take will not only transform you, but it can transform your family and your community and your world. And 
all that can come because this day is about resurrection and new life. Can you do me a favor? We're going to pray. So in this moment, we don't always do this, but I think it's, it's important we do it this morning. Can you just bow your heads and close your eyes? I want to ask you a simple question. And here's the thing. Guys and gals that are online, this is for you too. I want to ask you a simple question. Have you connected with God? Have you connected with Him? You see, we don't serve a God who's still in a tomb. We serve a God that is living and active and moving and is doing amazing things. But are you connected with Him? Are you connected with our Jesus? Are you connected with the one who gave his life for you? Because if you're not, you can become connected today. Today on Easter Sunday, you can connect with him and you can experience the new life that he came to give you. And you go, well, Aaron, I, I kind of believe, or Aaron, I, I sort of, you know what? Maybe today is the day where you say, it's time to take that step. It's time to, as we read in Romans, to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. That he rose again for you and for me. That he paid that price so that we could become righteous again in the eyes of God. So this morning, and this again, this includes those that are here and those that are online. I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to pull you out. I'm not going to have you come up front and do the hokey pokey. I'm just going to simply ask you a question. I asked the, the thing, I said, I want to invite you into a new life. And basically the only person that can bring that life to you is the man and the God who rose again to give us new life. And if that's you, and you say, that's what I need, that's what I want, would you do me a favor? Will you just raise your hand? Nobody's looking around. Nobody's looking around. For those that are online, for those that are online, this is for you too. If you desire that new life, it's available to you. You can do this in your home. You don't have to be in a church. Jesus is with you right now and he's calling you home. Maybe for some of us, we need to rededicate our lives. Maybe for some of us, we need to start connecting again with people and community. We need to do it and we need to love each other and encourage one another. We need to stop trying to be separate Legos and instead come together to accomplish what God has for us and what God wants to do in your heart and in your life. So here's what we're going to do. I want to pray with you and for you. And then we're going to have the team come and lead us in a closing chorus. But if that's you, if that's you, here's what I want you to do. Would you just repeat after me, okay? Because maybe there's some people online and I want to give you this opportunity. So even if you're home, would you repeat after me, Father, I love you. Thank you for today. Thank you for, for what this day means and what it represents. And Jesus, if I never have, today 
I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. I believe you came. I believe you died. And I believe in three days you rose again. And you are still living today. I accept your forgiveness for my sins. And I ask you to make me new. I love you. And I believe. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we come to you right now. And we just ask as we enter into a time, as we close this day out, that, Father, I pray for each one. God, no matter what the situation is, no matter if they're listening in in person or online, that right now, God, through your Holy Spirit, you would just begin to speak areas, steps that we need to take to get more connected with you, more connected with others, and, and, and just allow you to show us, allow you to walk with us and hold us by the hand and take us down that road. God, you're so good. We love you so much. Let's all stand as the worship team comes and leads us in a closing chorus.
so worthy. God, you're so worthy. So good. So good. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God. Thank you, Jesus. Because you live, I can face tomorrow. I can, I can know my, my yesterdays are forgiven. I can know that my today is redeemed. And I know that my future is secure because of what you have done. Not because of me and because of how well or how poor I've done this life, but because of you. Because of your love and grace and mercy. Man, that is good news. Man, that is something to celebrate. Man, that's something that's life-changing and life-giving to us. Father, don't ever let us get to that place where we, we, we get to it where we're like, oh yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just the thing or it's just the something. No, this is amazing. This is new life. And it's for everyone. If we will just believe. So, Father, I pray for a new level of belief. I pray for a new level of life. I pray for a new beginning for those that need it. Father, I pray for a new understanding of your grace and mercy and love, for a brand new connection between you and us and us and others, and that, Father, that today would be a new day, a new start and a new beginning of all that you want to do in us and through us. You're so good. Your plans are amazing. And you are a good father and a good dad who loves your children. And we worship you this morning. And we thank you that the tomb is empty. That we can go visit it if we want to. And know that our Jesus isn't there anymore. He's at the right hand of the Father preparing his bride. So Father, we love you. We thank you for this moment, for this day and this time. Go with us as we go. Let us be full of joy. Let us be full of peace. Let us be full of understanding that you are alive and that you have risen. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Man, thank you for being here this morning. For those that are online, we love you. We miss you. We hope you're doing well. Happy Easter. Happy Resurrection Sunday. We'll hopefully see you on Friday as we start our first Friday night invite. And we're going to have a great time. I love you. Have a great rest of your Easter. We'll talk to you soon.